Welcome to Hack to Start, a podcast focused on interesting people and the innovative ways they achieve success. I'm Franco Variano. And I'm Tyler Copeland. Each week we speak with a new guest about how they created, hacked, and hustled their way to the top and distill their insights and experiences for you. The path to success isn't always linear. Hack, start, and repeat. This episode is brought to you by Breather. Find beautiful, practical spaces that you can reserve on the go. Ghost, a simple, powerful publishing platform that allows you to share your story with the world. And SoundCloud. Hear the world's sounds. You're listening to episode 42 of Hack to Start. This episode features Victoria Lennox, the co-founder and CEO of Startup Canada. Tyler and I wanted to invite Victoria onto the show to share her insights building and growing nonprofit and purpose-driven organizations. Victoria has an extensive background in policy, governance, small business, and startups. She's won way too many awards to mention them all. Seriously, check out her LinkedIn profile, but is still driven by the desire to empower others through her work. This is an amazing episode you won't want to miss. So let's get to it. Hey, Victoria, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. So we're really, you know, super excited to have you uh, on the show speaking to us to share your experience. Um, I think it's going to be an amazing show, giving everything you've done, especially everything you're you're actively doing right now. Um, it's a little hard to know where to start. So how about we just get to know a bit about you and, and go from there? So where are you from? What did you study? And how did your passion for entrepreneurship develop? Well, I'm from Cambridge, Ontario, which is near Waterloo, and it's part of Waterloo Region. And my passion for entrepreneurship actually came from my time at Oxford. I was studying a master's in global governance and diplomacy. And while I was at my master's, I joined the entrepreneurship club, Oxford Entrepreneurs, and I was hooked. I found people who were just like me, who wanted to take their passions and to create a better world through leveraging their own skills and I just uh, found my my community and ever since then I've been bringing together my interest in policy with my interest in entrepreneurship and having a great time doing it. That's awesome. So we'll get a little bit more into all the different things that you that you're currently doing but you know through it all what keeps you motivated uh, to, to kind of you know day in day out do all the work that, that you're doing? For me, I'm really personally motivated by people. Um, I love it when you can inspire one person or help one person over a hump. Um, and I think entrepreneurs are the coolest people. Um, they're pursuing their dreams. They're hustling. They're 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 daring. They're courageous. Um, and uh, for me, it's all about kind of helping an individual. And then if you can help individuals on mass, you can actually transform a community, transform a co- economy, and a society. And at the end of it, you can actually create a global movement. So I think entrepreneurship, there's seismic shifts, but it all comes down to the individual. And that's what inspires inspires me the most. That's great. That's a, that's an amazing answer and, and definitely like a great purpose to, you know, get you out of the bed in the morning. Every day. <laughs> so we often hear a lot about some of the challenges associated with building like a, a business to consumer business or a business to business business. But what's it like building kind of like a social enterprise or a nonprofit organization like you've done? I think it's very different when you're building a nonprofit if you're a founder of a nonprofit. Um, when you're a founder of a nonprofit, you're dealing with very 
different dynamics. You're certainly not in it for the money. Uh, you're really in it for the social purpose. Um, and you also have to think about the board dynamics of running a a non-for-profit when, in fact, even as the founder, you report to your board and your board can out you as CEO, even though you're the founder. So there's a different level of accountability. I think overall, um, with Startup Canada, for instance, it's been absolutely fascinating how you build a partnership network, a community, a brand and a movement, you know, and how you kind of straddle the line between being a startup versus uh, involved with government or tech versus is social. I think um, it's it's just been absolutely fascinating. And at the end of the day, it comes down to having a culture of collaboration um, and an aptitude for diplomacy. But um, nonprofit uh, entrepreneurship, I think, sometimes can be harder than for-profit entrepreneurship because of the socioeconomic dimensions to it. Uh, but certainly, it's a ton of fun and uh, it's very fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Cool. We'll get into we'll get into that a little bit more uh, later on. Um, so early on, you devoted a lot of your your life and career, um, you know, to startups and small businesses. Can you take us through some of the programs and organizations that you were part of early in your career? Sure. Well, I mentioned earlier Oxford Entrepreneurs. Um, I was hooked. Uh, I had the chance when I was there to meet with Elon Musk and Reid Hoffman, amazing entrepreneurs, global entrepreneurs, and be inspired by them just as much as I was inspired by the most recent Dragon's Den contestant. (laughs) Everyone was uh, just really inspiring in the stories they were telling and the legacies they wanted to leave. And so I actually stayed on for a year as president of Oxford Entrepreneurs. I, I was the first female and first Canadian president. It's awesome. Uh, uh, it was very cool. Um, so I did that for a year and uh, just. Uh, It was 2008, economic recession. The UK was hit really, really hard. There were no jobs for the kids. They had to create their own. Um, And the opportunity was there for me to start a nonprofit that later became a charity. And it's called the National Association of College and University Entrepreneurs. And essentially, we had student clubs across the country, um, clubs uh, that run keynote events, workshops, student-led accelerators on campuses across the UK to promote student enterprise. Um, I got early funding for from the government. So the, the the government came in because of the recession and um, it's grown to uh, 32 staff in uh, five offices across the country five years later um, and is really kind of one of the key institutions supporting youth enterprise in the UK. I was really happy though to come back to Canada. Um, uh, I am Canadian and uh, I love Ottawa um, and I worked for Industry Canada's Small Business Policy Group. My background is really in policy. Um, um, and I really found that everything that needed to be done for uh, creating more entrepreneurial Canada, a lot of it had to do with grassroots engagement, community building, creating that culture and that ecosystem of support um, uh, from the ground up. And so I felt I had to leave government to do that. Uh, and I felt that I had the skill set to, you know, bring together communities and to kind of connect the dots. Um, and so that's uh, what I did. So my ventures so far have really been two nonprofits, uh, NACU in the UK and Startup Canada. But my life and my personal network is just full 
with entrepreneurs, social, uh, for-profit, tech, creative, um, robotics, everything. Um, so entrepreneurship is everything I do, but I'm definitely in the social enterprise category. Yeah, no, absolutely. And a lot of the <laughs> programs that, you know, that, that you've been a part of, and, and we'll get to it again with Startup Canada, um, obviously lay the groundwork and the foundation for so many other entrepreneurs, Canadian entrepreneurs now, uh, but I mean, entrepreneurs worldwide anyway, uh, as, as inspiration to kind of go forward and do their thing. So, so it's awesome. Um, you know, so so speaking of, of NACU, the organization you started while you were in the UK, um, it grew to more than 100 universities and colleges impacting, you know, more than 55,000 Brits. How did you guys grow that, um, you know, even with just a little bit of seed funding that the government gave you there? Yeah, well, when I had started, we didn't get the seed funding. Um, it didn't come through till I left um, the United Kingdom. So I had signed the contract and I could feel I could go home knowing that the organization is in good hands. Um, but really, uh, Franco, it's all about um, empowering and creating a platform. Everything that I do is all about creating a platform for other things to grow. Um, so uh, there's nothing in the social enterprise space that I believe that should be proprietary. If you create a platform, people can use your platform to do whatever they like. Um, so it was all about empowering other leaders to uh, create even bigger waves. Um, so it's really an enabler. And I've kind of leveraged that, the learnings and what worked in the UK for Startup Canada. It's just creating the platform and working with the willing um, in order to create some really cool things and to be that person or that organization that says right on when somebody has a cool idea. Um, and, and I think that's what's going to change culture. It's just, you know, people paying it for it and supporting each other saying, uh, right on, do what you're doing, good work, keep going, it's important what you do. And it's amazing how that um, affirmation can transform mindsets and people. So that's how I did it in the UK is just empowering others who had that spark in their eye to be part of the movement and to see themselves in it. So you were also part of something else called the Startup Generation. Um, so what was your primary role there and, and what is that organization? So startup generation is so fascinating. And if you're talking about the organic evolution of the global entrepreneurship movement, uh, startup generation was definitely part of that. So with the success of NACU, uh, other countries, especially across Europe, because it's a very small continent um, with a lot, a lot of people, yeah. uh, everyone was looking at Oxford entrepreneurs and what we were doing at NACU as a global best practice at the time. And so we had a lot of delegations come up. So we created IQ, the international consortium of entrepreneurs um, and uh, that evolved into startup generation which is uh, it started off as a collective of different national bodies that worked with youth enterprise to come together to learn to share best practices we had a number of conferences across Europe um, and we were called to the to Geneva to present what was going on in the community it was very exciting um, and then that evolved into the startup generation program with startup Canada which is essentially provided some crowdfunding opportunities and some training from the global network that I had amassed for uh, social enterprise uh, entrepreneurs across the world. So we had delegates um, from Jakarta, Singapore, uh, across Africa, South uh, America, and uh, probably about 25% from Canada participate in the pilot program. So I think, um, you know, everything with the startup movement's evolving, and if it's not evolving, then it's passe. Um, so uh, that's, that's the history behind Startup Generation but it's all part of a global ecosystem 
of overlapping layers of governance, overlapping brands that are all working towards encouraging entrepreneurship for society and for the economy. Wow, that's great. It's very, very inspiring to hear that that work is carrying on and, and kind of growing. So you obviously wear a lot of different hats uh, and your primary focus it, right now is on Startup Canada as, the, as its co-founder and CEO. So we've already mentioned it a bit, but what is Startup Canada and why did you decide to start it? Sure. Um, well, Startup Canada is a national movement of entrepreneurs across Canada. Um, it works as a network of entrepreneurs that are uh, kind of hustling together to build a better environment and culture for entrepreneurship. And uh, the way that Startup Canada works, um, if you get beyond the mandate, it really works through a network of startup communities. So like Startup St. John, Startup Fredericton, Startup Smithers, Startup Calgary, a network of communities communities with entrepreneurs who are doing cool things and kind of paying it forward and uh, creating activities on the ground, um, kind of uh, along the philosophy of Brad Feld um, uh, from Boulder, Colorado. So that's what Startup Canada does on the ground for entrepreneurs is it provides entrepreneurs with an accessible community where they can easily plug in and access talent, money, uh, mentors, support, um, and just connect to all of the resources available. Um, here in Ottawa and why I decided to base Startup Canada in Ottawa is just being so close to Parliament Hill. Um, here in the capital, Startup Canada plays a, a role as the voice of entrepreneurs, but I think it's more than that. We're a facilitator of connecting entrepreneurs to government. So when government's doing a consultation, for instance, on the impact of um, Canada border uh, agency tariffs uh, or counterfeiting issues, we can bring in entrepreneurs to the table who can uh, comment from their own real life experiences for the ministers and members of parliament to take into account as they create the policies that are essentially helping to construct the environment within which we operate businesses. So I think Startup Canada plays a role in terms of creating, again, a platform for the entrepreneurship community to come together on the ground and here in Ottawa so that we can create better alignment and ultimately make Canada the best world or best country in the world to start and grow a business. That's awesome. So, and, and you guys started that, you know, three years ago um, with a volunteer network um, and somehow have managed to grow to, you know, more than 80,000 entrepreneurs and 400 partner organizations, you know, from coast to coast. So how did you guys go about achieving this, this kind of growth? What was the strategy to put in place to, to kind of grow the network? Um, well, similar to the UK, when it comes to kind of a movement, you need to empower people um, to own it uh, and to see themselves in it. So it really came through that. Uh, we went on a national tour when we launched in 2012. And we ran 200 events across 40 communities. We engaged 20,000 entrepreneurs in person uh, with a national conversation about what they wanted Startup Canada to do. So that tour in itself created the foundations of kind of the beta network for Startup Canada. Um, but I had the additional challenge of having a really passionate board of entrepreneurs. Um, I felt that it had to be led by entrepreneurs. And so my board was actually quite passionate that the early days of Startup Canada not receive government funding. So I had to hustle like entrepreneurs do in a very authentic way to develop sustainable revenue sources for Startup Canada so that it's essentially a social enterprise so that notwithstanding any kind of political changes or shifts in priorities that Startup Canada be a sustainable business fueling a social purpose. So although we're a nonprofit, uh, we operate completely sustainably without grants or government support. Um, and I think that also lends to helping to create 
that movement because it is an authentic um, initiative uh, with entrepreneurs helping each other, um, that it can have that legitimacy within the ecosystem. And I think that's how we're going to have sustainable change. That's awesome. That's that's incredible that you were able to put that together to, to kind of, you know, operate Startup Canada on that level, uh, you know, of independence, I guess. Yeah, and certainly it wasn't easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think what social enterprises face is you have um, your social purpose and then you have um, where you actually get your funding. Um, and so sometimes they're, they can be incongruous. And a healthy social enterprise is when there's full alignment between your social purpose and your revenue streams. And we're very close to that right now. Um, so really excited about the future. And to date, on a, in a sustainable way, um, Startup Canada now has six full-time staff, two part-time staff, and a network of 300 volunteers across Canada. That's amazing. So the the funding the funding issue, you know, notwithstanding, is that that must be pretty pretty difficult to kind of approach as well, especially in the early days. But just just getting buy-in from different parties, different partners. How did you how did you approach that? You know, selling the vision of of what Startup Canada could be. Oh, like every entrepreneur, you knock on every door. Before I even launched Startup Canada, I had a full 12 months of cold calling. Hi, I'm Victoria Lennox. I want to start up Canada. Do you want to help? Can we work together? Can we partner? Can you sponsor us? Um, and most of the time at the beginning, the door was completely slammed in our face. And they, you know, a lot of skepticism. Uh, but it was, it was a great learning experience. So just like every other entrepreneur, um, just hustling, selling all of the time, and um, constantly iterating the message based on the learnings from the previous fail. Um, so that's that's how I did it. And you know, I think it just comes over time. We're almost at three years now. We'll be three years old in May, and uh, the traction is great. We have uh, kind of a reverse pull. So rather than us seeking out partners, it's very much the the other way around. And so what I'm working on is kind of trying to meet the demand on Startup Canada um, and make sure that we're, we're growing our resources and our offerings as our network grows and has more demands for us. So it's uh, all very fascinating, but it all comes down to relationship building, and that starts with a phone call. Absolutely. Any any tips on, on how to get through to people and build those relationships or reinforce them? <laughs> Don't be afraid to pick up the phone. Um, email is not how a lot of executives communicate. Um, they You just need to tackle them where they can't run away. Uh, and that's by picking up the phone and just uh, pursuing them with confidence. Um, so that's, that's how I always um, approached it. It's just, you know, who's the CEO that I need to talk to to get their buy-in and just start calling and just expect that you're going to talk to the CEO and it will just happen. Um, but you need to be very confident and have no reservations and you'll be fine. <laughs> some great advice. That's something I think a lot of people forget sometimes. Um, so, so what are some of the biggest issues you're trying to change nationally in Canada for entrepreneurs? Mm. So there, there's two big things on my mind these days, Franco. So first off, I think Canada is an amazing place to start a business. We have accelerators, we have incubators, uh, we have um, a growing crowdfunding sector. It's never been uh, a better time to start a business in Canada. The challenge that our entrepreneurs continue to face, though, is they don't know what or what support exists, where to go, where to start. And to me, this is a user interface failure. 
of the entire ecosystem. So I think, you know, my most pressing priority is to fix that um, and to make the Canadian entrepreneurship ecosystem really easy for entrepreneurs to access, tap into, engage with, and leverage to grow. Um, and so what we've been doing at Startup Canada to tackle this one is the development of a website uh, called startupconnect.ca. We crowdfunded for it on Indiegogo, raised 36000 from a group of awesome investors. Um, and we've been hacking, to, hacking it together with volunteers and developers from across Canada pitching in and mapping the ecosystem. So um, it's in beta right now. And I'm working really hard to get that off the ground so that more entrepreneurs can benefit from it and use it, access events, uh, tap into the ecosystem, get live mentorship, etc. Um, so for, for us, it's... The, the biggest priority is around the user interface of the Canadian entrepreneurship ecosystem, making it the easiest to access ecosystem in the entire world. That's not just important for Canadian entrepreneurs. It's also important for attracting awesome investors and global entrepreneurs to Canada mm -hmm. so that they can easily see where they should situate themselves. Should they be in Vancouver or Waterloo or Toronto or Ottawa? Um, should they find themselves in Charlottetown because there happens to be an amazing biotech cluster? Um, so it's uh, making the whole ecosystem accessible so we can take smarter decisions as a community and engage more meaningfully. So that's number one. That's like priority. I think number two for me and where I'm going to start focusing my attention once we grow the network to 100 startup communities and get Startup Connect launched is um, really the focus then on uh, tapping startups more aggressively into the global supply chain, um, getting the multinationals to pay attention to the Canadian market, the Ericsons of the world, etc., who really care about Israel and Silicon Valley right now, and getting them paying attention here and connecting them in meaningful ways to our startup community so that our startups can sell their products and services into these multinationals and grow. I think it, it goes beyond the accessibility of venture capital and angel capital. I think it goes beyond um, kind of our traditional understandings about what the ecosystem needs. What the ecosystem needs, what startups need are customers that that can help them to access new markets um, and who can help them to scale faster. And that comes through um, procurement ultimately. And so the, I think the next phase for Startup Canada once we tackle the user interface issue is hooking really cool startups into global supply chains through multinational companies. That's awesome. Those are both, you know, tremendous goals. And, and it's amazing to, to, to see you guys, you know, obviously well on your way towards that. Um, so so what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned over the past few years, you know, building Startup Canada? Well, I think the biggest lesson that I've learned and I continue to learn, uh, it actually came through uh, in uh, a meeting that I had with Ian Klugman, who's the CEO of Communitech in Waterloo Region. Um, and he was telling us that the Waterloo ecosystem didn't happen overnight. It t is quarter of a century in the making. And then listening also to Brad Feld and his advice to take a long-term view of what you're doing, especially if you're trying to construct ecosystem. And so with Startup Canada, for, for my, from my perspective, um, it's just been patience. Um, hustling every day, but being patient that ultimately we're going in the right direction, even if sometimes it takes longer than you think it will. Um, so patience is certainly the first lesson. My second lesson um, is just 
always be collaborative and supportive. Um, nobody likes to work with a jerk um, and everybody likes to work with the person who says right on, smiles and laughs. So I think the best thing that we can all do for building awesome companies, awesome social enterprises and just a great country to work and play in is just to be nice um, and to pay it forward. And I think, you know, if you take the long-term view but hustle every day um, and if you're just a cool person who's just supporting and giving a lift to those who need it around you, I think um, the community will be richer for for it, and Canada will be um, a tremendously better place to start and grow a business. Absolutely, completely agree. Um, so, are there you know we've talked about Startup Canada on a very on a very very high level, um, but are there any amazing stories, uh, either successes or or other types of stories that just kind of stand out to you over the past few years that might involve some of the communities or some of the startup entrepreneurs that that have kind of come into the network and and just really kind of flourished. Yeah, sure. Um, I think we'll start with the communities. What startup, the startup communities have been really good at doing, particularly in rural, remote, uh, and northern communities, um, is actually creating infrastructure. And I'm not trying to say that St. John's is remote. <laughs> <laughs> or or rural or anything like that. Um, uh, but, you know, the St. John's startup community did a great job in mobilizing to create a really neat co-working space called Common Ground St. John's. And we've seen the same thing with uh, Startup Winnipeg. Startup Winnipeg brought together uh, Innovation Alley, Ascentworks, which is a really cool makerspace in Winnipeg, um, as well as Ramp Up Manitoba, all into one place um, to create actually a hub for entrepreneurship in the community. We're seeing the exact same thing with the evolution of Startup Edmonton. So I think startup communities are getting to a place where they're maturing and they're starting to pump out 5,000 upwards or 500 upwards of 1,000 entrepreneurs a year um, who are actively building community and building amazing companies. So I'm seeing a maturation of some of the startup communities within our network. But I think um, a good example of how how that can then be leveraged for entrepreneurial successes will stay with Winnipeg. Um, so Chris Johnson is one of the leaders of Startup Winnipeg. Um, he helped to found uh, Startup Winnipeg three years ago when we were starting Startup Canada, full alignment of the ecosystem. Um, now he has a really cool startup called Permission Click. Through engagement with Startup Canada, he was able to showcase Permission Click to not just government, but to other startup communities. He accessed our national partner, the National Angel Capital Organization, and won their kind of cool startup of the year, which gained a lot of recognition and a round of funding for him. Um, and we've been able to give him a lot of opportunities to uh, gain national exposure through all of this. And so Permission Click is on the way up, they're hiring. Um, that's just a really good success story. But it all comes through community. And often opportunities might not be in most communities in Canada. They tend to be centralized in our five major cities. So the more that we can connect our startup communities to what's going on where in areas where there is a critical mass, uh, while making it possible for entrepreneurs to build aggressive, huge startups in their home community where they're proud, I think is all very good. So some examples there of, you know, the development of the ecosystem from the ground up, but also how the ecosystem can support the entrepreneur in creating jobs and growth for their community. 
Absolutely. And it's always good to see that happening. You know, that's a great, great story to highlight, Chris, in, in Winnipeg. It's always great to stay in your little community and, and just kind of grow that and, and provide opportunity for other people there. So that's that's a great story. So what's next for Startup Canada in 2015? I know you talked a little bit about the Startup Connects and kind of what you want to do after that. But, um, you know, above and beyond that, uh, what else do you guys are, what else is on the radar for this year? Oh my goodness. So for all of your listeners, we cannot wait to see you you when we hit the road again later this year. So Startup Canada this year is going back on tour. Right now we have 20 startup communities across Canada at various levels of maturation, but we have a lofty goal of having 100 startup communities by 2017. So we're hitting the road September to November, going across Canada, mapping startup ecosystems, working with entrepreneurs and community partners to build startup communities and start to plant those seeds. Um, and uh, all with the ambition of creating a nation of startup communities working together for entrepreneurs to help to you know, create that on the ground user interface that can be coupled with Startup Connect. So we can't wait to see everybody out on the tour and uh, really looking forward to continuing to grow this movement together. That's awesome. Are you going to be doing all those stops yourself? or? Oh, you know it, Franco. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, I look forward to the, the Twitter and Instagram <laughs> feeds along the way and everything else. Yeah, you couldn't keep me away from getting out and talking to entrepreneurs. The thing is, the ecosystem has changed so much in the last three years. Um, so it'll be great to go back and just see the renewed energy. I'm going up to, uh, I'm going up to Whitehorse uh, in May, and we're going to be with a, a group of youth, and they're thinking of starting up Startup Whitehorse. And I think how outstanding is that to connect Startup Whitehorse with, you know, Startup Kelowna or Startup Fredericton? I think there's something very special happening in Canada. And I just encourage any of your listeners to get involved um, in any way that they like to in the movement. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, aside from aside from what's going on in Canada right now and some of the things that you're working on, are there any either, you know, industries or technologies where you see a, a really great opportunity for entrepreneurs to explore? Yeah, for sure. Um, I really think that there's a lot of opportunities, obviously, um, in financial tech. Um, there's a growing fintech cluster in Toronto, increased investments in that space. Um, and I think everything fintech right now is really hot um, within within the community. Um, within uh, one area that entrepreneurs might not think a lot about, particularly in Ontario, but are probably thinking more about in the prairies, is just really the opportunity ahead of us when it comes to energy innovation and um, leveraging technology to modernize the, the energy the tr traditional energy and mining sectors. I recently had the opportunity to go with uh, His Excellency the Governor General to Chile and Colombia, uh, which share uh, a very big uh, focus on mining and energy uh, for those nations. And they're just uh, hungry for startups and ideas related to tech and energy. Um, and we're seeing really similar engagement here in Canada. So huge opportunity there as well. But I would just say any Thing that can combine technology with social innovation um, that can change people's lives is something that I'm personally interested in. Um, so uh, I think, you know, every industry is in, in flux and exciting, whether it's manufacturing turning into a maker movement, mm -hmm. you know, it's all it's all very exciting and in, in, in transition. And if you have a passion for it, you can find an outlet for it. Absolutely. That's super cool. Um, so are there any apps, books, devices, or tools that you're super obsessed with right now? Anything you use, you know, on a, on a, on a very regular daily basis? 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I'm pretty obsessed with uh, Expensify. I run a company, um, Startup Canada is my organization, and I love Expensify. I love how it feeds into QuickBooks. Um, we use Hootsuite um, uh, to manage all of our social media. We're one of the most followed entrepreneurship organizations in Canada on social media, in, in large part thanks to um, what Hootsuite uh, provides us. I use Asana uh, for virtual team management of all of my volunteers volunteers across Canada. Um, everything, I, I, I'm always, I'm very passionate about the latest app, the latest way to do things more efficiently, the latest, latest hack. Um, but I, I manage my day-to-day -day through Google Apps, through Expensify, through QuickBooks, um, and through Asana and Skype. So that's that's how I work my day-to-day. -day. Cool. <laughs> the, great app, the great apps for, for businesses. Yeah, right? <laughs> Um, so are there any last thoughts or personal mottos that you live by or think others should know about? Oh, I don't know. Uh, for me, I really love the word perseverance. Um, uh, for me, it's all about just persevering and staying as optimistic as possible um, in the most dire of circumstances. Uh, with Startup Canada, I volunteered for the organization for two and a half years before even a glimmer that I might become uh, an employee. Um, and so I think just staying positive and persevering beyond what you think is possible, that's usually when the breakthrough happens. Um, not just for, for me, but for <laughs> countless of entrepreneurs that have come before. Um, so yeah, just stick with it um, and you'll eventually get to where you want to go. That's incredible advice. Two and a half years is a very long time. It is. <laughs> yeah, but it was well worth it. And the network, the people I've met, the inspiration I receive every day from my colleagues, other volunteers, entrepreneurs is just tremendous. Um, and it's opened up so many doors. So it's you, you might not get to where you think you might want to go, but you'll get somewhere even better if you just kind of stick on your path. So, um, yeah. <laughs> That's great. All right. Well, I guess that that's about it. So thanks so much for your time today, Victoria. It was amazing speaking with you. Thanks for having me. Well, that's about it for this episode of Hack to Start. You can find all the important links beneath the show. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Hack to Start and sign up for our newsletter to know about all the latest episodes, behind the scenes content and more. Thanks for listening and see you next time.